0: Irish Illustrated Insider is sponsored by VisitSouthBend.com. Is it time to check a Notre Dame home game off your bucket list? Has it been too long since you've soaked in the game day atmosphere in person? Whether it's for the first time ever or in a while, start planning your trip to South Bend to watch the Fighting Irish with ideas and inspiration at VisitSouthBend.com. You're
1: listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated, joined by Pete Sampson. Of The Athletic, we are a couple days removed from Notre Dame playing in game number two of the 2023 season. Tennessee State visits Notre Dame Stadium with their rich history. We'll talk about that a little bit. Why Tennessee State, a a very, very rich history of, of football at Tennessee State with some great players that went on to play in the NFL. But before we get into Tennessee State, and I don't imagine a whole lot of our listeners are going to buy into to their history or how good they might be on Saturday and they're in trouble Saturday I'll guarantee you that but uh we did just meet with Marcus Freeman for about 15 minutes our weekly Thursday zoom meeting with him nothing earth-shattering coming out of there we did find out that Eli Raritan would will not play uh, again in game two we expect him back in a couple of weeks but guys, anything from from Marcus Freeman? We talked about Tobias Merriweather, how he's practiced very well. Some other things that Marcus Freeman discussed that are on the the uh, front burner here in our conversation.
2: I think Pete's question. Actually, I'm going to jump in for Pete. Uh, Pete's question about the twelve package, twelve personnel. You know, the the story. Because it's tertiary, the story is uh, Notre Dame didn't have a targeted wide, didn't have a targeted tight end. Yeah, well, the tight ends played more than any wide receiver and any running back, one and two compared to everybody else. It's it is still driven. Um, Freeman started saying it last year. He's pounding it home this year. Jared Parker said it again. What we see as an identity of this program is a powerful team first, and you're going to see those tight ends. You're just not going to see nine touchdowns out of them.
3: It's yeah. It's like they went just looking over the. You know, the personnel usage I, I added at 35 snaps with multiple tight ends and 20 snaps and 11 personnel, which I, I think, based on the, the takeaway from the game, I think a lot of people were like, Well, why didn't they use the tight ends more? And yeah. it's like, Well, they, they actually use the tight ends a heck of a lot. Um, that's
2: fantasy stats though, Pete. That's yeah.
3: And it, look, it's we, we've had this conversation in previous seasons with previous offenses, and it's just like, Well, why do you go to 12 personnel? It's because you're your second tight end is better than your first slot receiver, but I don't. I don't think that's the case this year. Um, you know, with Tyree, with Jaden Greathouse. So I, I'll be interested to sort of see how Jared Parker balances that moving forward.
2: Yeah, we and he's have a- good. Holden stays is good. Like Holden. Oh stays yeah, no, like
3: du- no really doubt, no doubt. It's 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 just like when Michael Mayer is not your number one tight end, your number two tight end isn't isn't as good as whoever it was the year before.
1: We have a question in segment two about, and you kind of expected a question like this to emerge. Well, how much did Sam Hartman throw to the tight end at yep. Wake Forest? We'll get into that. There, there, are a variety of reasons they threw a decent amount to the tight end, but they have they they have had great receivers there, or very, or Sam Hartman has made them great receivers, and the numbers are off the chart. We'll get into that more in in segment two, but yeah, they were used a ton, and Holden Stays was great on Saturday. His blocking was tremendous i mean i really at one point it it prompted me to think wow that's kind of tommy trumbull like i don't think that he's that good of a blocker but i think on saturday against navy he was so um they'll get to it we'll talk about that more in segment two but eli raritan uh will miss another game i, I would anticipate i i you know i i i mean i this is just my thought process and you guys can chime in i don't think nc state and then does that give them leeway to to bring him back against Central Michigan to get his feet wet before Ohio State? Or do you just give him an additional week uh, or an additional two weeks and wait till Ohio State with him?
3: I would think that you would maybe hopefully practice him a little bit, little bit next week, not play him. And then practice him a little bit more before Central Michigan, maybe play a little bit, at least so he's an option for you.
2: Yeah, he can block too.
3: He doesn't have to come I, in yeah. and go be a red and zone he did, target.
1: He did dress special. for the game. I, 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 I saw him in uniform, Pete. I don't know if you did. I, and I, I didn't. Don't know how, no. Yeah, no, I saw him uh, in uniform. Unless I don't know who I would have mixed him up with. Uh, was that Kyle think, Rudolph? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was him either. Um, so anyway, he's getting close. It's just, you know, I, 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 don't know that I don't know that Eli Raritan right now holds the key to Notre Dame September per se, but you want to back because him and stays on the field together are a couple of wide receivers uh, playing tight end. And so you want him back as soon as possible. Um, Tobias Mer- Merriweather was brought up to Marcus Freeman. Freeman said that he's practicing. Well, he's dying for a greater role and that he did some good things in the Navy game. That's probably true. We don't see all of those things. Uh, what we did see was a easy pass that he dropped and then, I guess, kind of up for debate of how he should have played the ball in the end zone. My my whole point about Tobias Merriweather, and I said this before we started, guys, that until you get tough and still you, until you start being, being more aggressive as a receiver and attacking the football, you're not going to be the kind of football player that you want to be and that, that Nordame wants you to be.
2: No, I think it's fair, but I also think he would have been pulled from the game if they didn't, if they weren't somewhat pleased with his run blocking, because he played a lot more than other guys did. So I, I think they would just pull him from the game if you drop two pass or drop one pass, don't get another pass, and don't block well. I, I think, I think um we expect a lot out of Merriweather. It's not there yet. Um, instead of like focusing on Tobias Merriweather, just he's not there yet. But Notre Dame needs him to be there even absolutely needs him to be a viable player because everybody says, well, maybe Deion Colsey could be Tobias Merriweather. They need both to be what we thought Tobias Merriweather would be. They don't have enough great wide receivers. They need Tobias to play. They need Colsey to do that every single week. I think Great House will. Um, I mean, can't. I know there's varying opinions on Chris Tyree, and I really like the guy. You can't really go out here and tell me you think all of a sudden Chris Tyree is going to catch 60 passes in the next 11 games, right? You watch football and you really think that's about to happen.
3: No, um, but Tobias Mirror really played thirty five snaps. If he wasn't practicing well, he wouldn't have played thirty-five snaps. Yes. So like I think you at one hundred percent have to take Marcus Freeman at his word on that because there's no, you know, as old O.C. Chip Long used to say, ain't no game day tryouts, folks. Like you have to you have to bring it in practice if you want to play in the game. And then then you gotta bring it in the game. So you know, do the Do the practice, do the reps balance out a little bit? Like, will Tobias Merriweather have 25 more reps than Great House or Colsey? I don't know. Um, Maybe not. I could see that uh, Great House and Colsey's roles expand a little bit. Maybe Flores' roles expand a little bit. Um, But I, you know, we've said this a bunch. Like, there's too much in Tobias Merriweather to not try to force the issue
1: there. I agree, and I am not advocating him playing less or anything along those lines. I just don't think, and 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 I do agree with the 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 notion that he if he's practicing well, that's why he's he's out there for thirty five snaps. Tim, where I where I veer off a little bit from you is that we he obviously is battling his confidence. He he you know fourth play of the game against Navy, he just really boxed that that ball to him. So if you pull him from a game now. He's going to lose confidence. He's going to have even less confidence in himself. And I, I just think that you, you give him leeway. You let him play through some things. He needs to make a play. He, need, It's important. I don't care who you're playing this weekend. If he can catch four or five passes, that's huge. That's huge to Notre Dame moving forward, and it's huge to his confidence. So I'm not advocating pulling in from the game or anything along those lines, but I, I'm simply saying that until he steps up in a game, and shows some. When I say toughness, I guess what I'm saying more than anything is aggressiveness, aggression, attack the football. And it, you know, I, I don't know if he could have made the play in the end zone, but I do know that he allowed the DB to make the play against him, and and that can't that can't be the situation.
2: Tim, I feel the way we like when you say you have to be aggressive, you have to attack, and people will. Defend somebody that doesn't do it. If we if we highlight people for being aggressive and attacking the ball in the air and high pointing balls and going and getting everything, don't you have to go the other way and say some guys don't do that? It works both ways. Like if if you think someone in basketball attacks the rim, then a weakness is not attacking the rim when you're the same size shooting guard going into the basket. If you attack the rim and dunk on people's faces, that's a positive. If you go to the basket and do weak fall away layups. It's a negative. It's you can't a, have it both ways. I mean, no, you can't. A, if Tobias Merriweather ripped that ball from the guy's hands for a touchdown, everybody would say, look how aggressive he is. There's, it's the way it works.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, just, I just feel like they're, and, and jeez, I, I feel like I'm ripping on a guy every week and I don't, I just want him to, I, for his sake and everybody's sake, you want him to be more aggressive. We're not picking on him, but there's, there's a way to play the game. and There's a way not to play the game and everything that I'm saying. Everything that I'm saying is what he's being told on the practice field, right? Everything I'm saying about aggression and attacking the football and being tough—that's exactly how he's being taught on the practice field. You're here. What else? Uh, I'm not sure. There's anything else? Anything else from? Um... Uh, I mean,
3: I thought that. Look, we we've been talking about this and writing about like what the hangover jet lag effect will be from playing in Ireland. And Marcus talked about how, you know, cut down 10 minutes on Tuesday's practice, cut down five minutes on Wednesday's practice, how Wednesday's practice is one of the better Wednesdays that they've had. We've heard that many times, um, how, whatever, if you ask about a practice, it was a good practice from a coach. Um, so we'll see <laughs> on Saturday. I, I am
2: waiting for the first one. <laughs> There's just yeah, It's
3: like, sometimes you could tell by their body language, but they'll never actually admit it. Um,
1: well, they may say it after a game, but they're certainly never going oh, to say yeah. Hey, look, we,
3: we have all, everyone on this podcast has coached at a very low level. O'Malley and I much lower than Priester. There's been some crap practices I've staged uh, in my flag football youth basketball time. And like, it's, we'll see on Saturday, but it's like, this is, this is why you play Tennessee State, because if if you are a step slow or two or three, it should not impact
1: the outcome of the game. As opposed to
2: Kawan Short and Purdue, we talked about this. You yeah. have to Oof. play Tennessee State here,
1: and so let's talk a little bit about Tennessee State. This, this, of course, is their first game of the year. This is the third year of the Eddie George era. He was five and six in his first year, four and seven last year. They got hammered. They they lost forty two to nothing to Southeast Missouri State. They lost three or four other uh, games by double digits. So they haven't been very good. I you know the the first point of weakness for them and Tim you talked to their insiders their offensive line i expect norname's defensive line and defensive front to have a big day my pregame pick to click is jordan Botello, because i think he's going to he's going to have a field day against their front why tennessee state because they do have a they do have a great history of defensive ends richard dent claude humphrey ed tuttle jones joe turkey jones and and Joe Gilliam, the 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 Steelers quarterback back in the day as well. So, you know, I think I think a lot of those athletes went to the HBCUs at that time, mm-hmm. and then as we got into the '80s and '90s, they started going to the more mainstream football programs, FBS Division One A programs, and so you know you don't hear as much about guys coming from the HBCUs, but. They do have a tremendous tradition from forty five to eighty six. They were like three hundred and seventy and seventy two or something crazy like that. so they were they were really good. But this team, I don't know. this team's real. their quarterback's really inconsistent. Ellis uh, doesn't throw it consistently. got they their quarterbacks were sacked thirty seven times last year. They have a good defensive end. They have a good DB. They they do have some transfers. A guy from Memphis, uh, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Austin P schools like that.
2: Problem is, they have a lot of transfers on the offensive line, and that's when you have issues in game number one. Yeah,
1: they've got they've got two kids from Central Michigan that, uh, you know, now, now think about this. Now you that tra- weakens
2: two opponents for Notre Dame. Two kids from Central Michigan. Here
1: we go. But, but think about this: you transfer from Central Michigan to tennessee state so that means you're not playing at central michigan right because you wouldn't transfer to if you're playing at central michigan you would transfer to a power five school not tennessee state so yeah. like they got two offensive linemen from central michigan but i doubt that those guys were standouts they've got a couple receivers if they can shake free and their quarterback can be accurate their top returning uh their top running back from last year is back but uh, you know, I mean, come on, these guys are going to walk into Notre Dame Stadium. How are you not intimidated by walking into Notre Dame Stadium Saturday and taking on the Fighting Irish?
3: I'd say it's much more than taking on the Fighting Irish. Like Notre Dame Stadium is going to be very friendly and welcoming to Tennessee well, State. It,
1: well, it probably will be, but still, the venue, a, a player walking into a venue like that, I can't. I do. I, I'm. I'm going to go off again on Notre Dame fans. You. You mean to tell me? that you're not going to show up for the home opener because you don't think that the opponent's very good on it's basically a- sold
3: out. So um, yeah, they're,
1: they're coming, aren't they? Oh, they did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. It's basically sold out. If you go on Notre Dame's ticketing site, there's not a lot of, not a lot of stuff. Um, I think if yeah. Notre Dame
2: lost to Navy, you might be in a different situation. Yeah. But that's different fine. Story. That's, that's allowed too. I would do that
1: too. Even if Notre Dame fans aren't the most vociferous in the country, you're still walking into an, a, a, a venue where that, is going to have more people than Tennessee State is accustomed to playing in front of. It's oh, just... there's,
3: there's no doubt. I would just be much more intimidated by Audrick Estevez, Joe Alt, Jordan Batello. You know, oh. you well, know yeah. Like have getting some... your butt kicked for three and a half hours—that's yeah. intimidating to me. Um Yeah, and it's like if the lower level schools, or the group lower level group of five or FCS, like they're just not built to hold up on the lines. And Notre Dame's offensive line is a real strength, and its defensive line, I think, is probably a little bit better than what we would have thought when training camp started. So that's that's tough. That doesn't even get to the quarterback situation.
2: Yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, they're in in massive trouble, but the the historical significance of uh, HBCU makes it an intriguing game. If it was just an FCF school that finished 11th in the FCS rankings last year, it would have zero significance other than it was an FCS school. So it worked out fine. Um, It's no different than playing UMass other than technically it's probably more fun than playing UMass, who, by the way, Pete Samson did not win the Mac when Notre Dame beat them 62 to 27, <laughs> even though Brian Kelly, who did not scout the entire Mac, apparently thought they were going to win the Mac.
3: Are they even in the Mac anymore?
2: I don't think they are, but this exactly. what you know, in yeah. that game, very important part of that game is three of their touchdowns. No Notre Dame defender touched a UMass player for Van Gorder's defense that had Jalen Smith on it. Just pointing it out. Oh, That's Yeah.
1: Well, I do yeah. I do not uh, envy Nordheim's interior offensive line. They will be uh, facing a defensive tackle, Cameron Stewart, who's six foot three, three eighty. <laughs> now I'm sure he's not very mobile, and that was one of the things that we heard about both lines for Tennessee State, that they're not very quick and mobile. So low man wins. Uh, but yeah, but 380, still 380, and it's gonna take <laughs> a while to circumnavigate Cameron Stewart. <laughs> to get to the second level to, to... What's wrong with Heinisch? He looks so small out there. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I mean I I can they I, how 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 much Tennessee state can score against Northaims defense? I mean, if you're going to predict a shutout, this would be this would be the time to do it.
2: Yeah, I think I think Marcus Freeman is going to go at them for three and a half quarters and then completely pull back. Like Marcus Freeman is going to make sure they don't score their 60th point in the f- with five minutes to go. If they happen to score 60 with 12 minutes to go, there's nothing you can do about it. But he, I, that's, that's the only time I think mercy comes in here. You want to preach to your team to keep playing. And when you hit that last possession and a half then it becomes come on man just yeah i think, think
1: nordheim will, will pull a rusty setzer and run out of yeah. ball it against MS. i actually
2: had a question tim somebody asked me is this the biggest mismatch ever and i said no it would be when smu did not have an actual football program coming back yeah. for that game that was yeah. the biggest
1: mismatch yeah. ever no doubt i'm very excited to announce our new partnership with underdog fantasy we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can multiply by 20 your money by going five for five. They also have a Best Ball Mania. If you think you know football, you've got to check this, check this one out. This one's Best Ball Mania has $15 million in total prizes up for grabs with the winner taking home $3 million. So sign up today with promo code IRISH and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code IRISH to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Segment two is next, and we call it
0: Burning Up the Boards. If you're coming to a game this season, you have to check out Game Day Your Way, the official tailgate service provider of Notre Dame. Game Day Your Way offers everything you need, including tailgate gear, catering, and even beverage delivery right to your spot. And their Irish Express Transportation from Chicago allows you to tailgate while you travel to their all inclusive party zone in South Bend. Let Game Day deal with all the hassle so you can focus on the fun. For tailgates, tickets, transportation, and more, visit Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Some things are just made for each other, like tailgates and touchdowns. We're adding one more pair to the list, Aer Lingus and college football. Join us in Dublin this August for the Aer Lingus College Football Classic. Too soon? Plan your winter or spring break now with non-stop flights from cities including Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles, and New York. Fly in comfort to Dublin, our European hub. Go coast to coast and discover the sights of Ireland or explore any of the 50-plus European cities we connect to, including Amsterdam, London, Paris, and Rome. Visit airlingus.com to book today.
2: We are back with segment two, burning up the boards, and our first question is from Irish from A2. What was your favourite Sam Hartman play from the Navy game?
1: Oh, the the touchdown pass to Great House when Great House was tucked in the side of the end zone when it when hartman avoided the rush took off looked like he was going to run looked like he was going to be past the line of scrimmage. in fact after he released it i double checked to make sure he wasn't past the line of scrimmage it was just i mean that's sam hartman seeing the field seeing seeing his teammates knowing where they are uh going through the various uh, looks and and receivers that was that was sam hartman at his best
3: that is the right answer. Um so for the sake of being different, I'll say his first completion because that was like, oh. That was beautiful. I don't feel like I saw much of that last year where you could drop the ball in a bucket between two defenders. Um I just that, thought it was Drew Pine back there. I was You're like, "Huh. This looks a little bit different." The I mean, but the one to Greyhouse there was like, "That looks a lot different." Um <laughs> but the first the first one definitely got my attention.
2: Honestly, my favorite, throw, I put this in my film review. My favorite play was his over exaggerated, like you're in the backyard pump fake to the left when everyone in the world bit and he rolled right and he threw incomplete to Jabron Payne. <laughs> it was oh. like an awkward throw. And I was on the, it's funny because I was on with uh, Chuck Oliver of the Southern Sports Show yesterday and he said, Give me some Sam Hartman stuff. And I mentioned this throw and he's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's watching the game as an, you know, as a non ND viewer and he just thought, that dude looks like he is just toying with things out there right now to make, because you don't, you don't actually make pump fakes like that in real football. That's not, you don't, you don't have time to do that. Normally you don't, but he had the pocket presence to do it and know what was going on. So it was a lot more fun for me than usual watching quarterbacks. uh, Notre Dame last year, they weren't as good as that.
1: I mean, I think we all felt, especially in person. I don't know if, if it came off across the same way, uh, watching it on TV, but that first throw, was just absolutely beautiful. The way the ball spun,
2: <laughs> it's spiraling way, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> way, yeah.
1: I mean, the way it arrived, it just it, it it was perfect. And you know, I I do have a you know I always talk about arm strength and arm length. I, I do have a bit of a question about his arm strength, where he really has to muscle up and fire a ball. Um, but I mean, I guess he's done okay up to this point. So he obviously has been doing that through the first five years in one game of his uh, his but, college career. But... I mean, I think
2: your question probably comes back up in April. That's for sure. That's fine. But I'm not sure how much it is until January, if that makes sense.
1: What do you mean against the level of competition? Against Georgia but in a tournament? playoff game, yeah, Georgia's yeah.
2: corners in Alabama yeah. or something like that, yeah. yeah.
1: I would
3: love yeah. to see it, O'Malley.
2: Yes, I would, I'd like I'd to like see it. him try to beat a Georgia corner this year. I think it would be a good game. And it would be kind of sad if that was like the non – major bowl. Cause I don't want to play Georgia in a non-major bowl. That'd be no fun at all.
1: Question from Irish boy one, since Notre Dame has not played an FCS or HBCU team before, how does Tennessee state's talent compare to Navy's or central Michigan's?
2: Great question about Navy. Um, it's really hard to evaluate Navy's talent because of what they do. So I would assume on a football field, when you're watching it, Navy's a much bigger problem than Tennessee state.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look, it, and I think this was referenced in segment one, like Tennessee state has players who weren't seeing the field at central Michigan. Mm-hmm. So that I think tells you sort of lesser, I mean, you go up and down their roster. They have, there was, there was a school on their roster, uh, Swanee better known as college of the South. That was in the same conference as DePaul, where I went to school. Uh, and this player had transferred in. I think he's a defensive end. Like if you're taking D- division three transfers, um, that's you know, they have some FBS transfers as well, but um it just I think it's much, much less than Central Michigan or um or Navy. This isn't i South Dakota State or North Dakota right, State, like right, that, right. South Dakota that's Dakota not what this it. is in terms of FCS opponent.
2: Yeah, I think of North Dakota State or North Dakota State was in the final four, right? Did they win it or did South Dakota State win it? Either way. Um they were in the final four or they won it. That would be an issue, not an issue in terms of losing, but you'd have to watch the game. Like with the, this is not Appalachian State on the precipice of SBS. No bad Michigan. That's nothing no. To do with which, no like, they, if they it, scheduled
3: it, North Dakota State or South, I, I'm not even sure which Dakota if it's state or regular. That that I would have a much bigger problem with that than Tennessee State. Well,
2: yeah, because that's no makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I'd be apparently.
3: like, what Notre Dame? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Um, South Dakota has,
2: State beat North Dakota State. For the FCS championship last year.
3: Yeah, don't play either of those teams.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and don't play both ever. That's a terrible idea. There's
1: and there is some talk about them moving up to FBS. They are not ready for that. I mean, you have you have to be successful on the FCS level in order to move up to the.
2: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: FBS, right? I, you know, like in terms of athletic, just like athletic talent, they probably have more than Navy. But I mean, Navy runs a very specific type of offense and defense. They're very well schooled in that, and Central Michigan's the MAC. They're not. At, they're not at that level. They're not at that level. Next question is from Karsten Forty Four.
2: Was there anything in Hartman's debut that surprised you? And another part of that would be from Callahan Auto Parts. Did Hartman utilize the tight end much at Wake Forest?
1: Uh, yeah, let let me talk a little bit about um, the tight end usage because their top two tight ends caught thirty passes last year, but. I mean the uh, the amount of talent that Wake Forest had at wide receiver. They just they had their top three receivers. One of them's hurt now, Donovan Green, which is a big break for Notre Dame. He will not. He's out for the season. He won't play. But their top three receivers are have caught 177 college passes. And At Perry left the program with 250. He had great receiver. His receivers were way better than names, certainly more established. And again, we may come out of this season saying, well, Norton's receivers are pretty good. Well, it could have a lot to do. It would have a lot to do with Sam Hartman being the guy on the delivering end of those those throws. But they their top two tight ends caught 30 passes last year. The lead tight end caught 24 of them. But their whiteouts were so good. I'd be throwing to those guys all the time, too.
3: I was surprised a, a little bit by the accuracy. Not that I thought he, Sam Hartman was going to be inaccurate, but um, just out of the gate, that first throw, he was just sort of on it the entire game. I mean, what the, the four incompletions were, Tobias Merriweather drop. Uh, PI easily could have been, but wasn't, um, to, to Merriweather. The one to Payne that was like sort of off script, which like I think he could have completed. Um and then a bad decision to Chris Tyree. That was that was it. Yep. Everything else, and and it, it wasn't like I don't remember a receiver making an incredible catch where I was just like, wow, that was a better catch than it was a throw. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't remember any of those.
2: And I think man, way, I think let's. I'll go ahead, Tim.
1: Well, by the I just wanted to uh, in in a conversation with a with a FBS official, a Power Five official, as it relates to the the potential PI in the end zone officials are taught if you look at that like when you look watch that in fast motion and regular motion it's very difficult to to say pass interference or not when you look at a replay and it's in slow motion yeah you see contact before fbs officials in that situation are taught if you if it's 50-50 and you're not sure it's a no call, and I and that's what that play was. I
3: can, if Pat Narduzzi was listening to this podcast, he'd be screaming right I was, now about that. I,
1: I I understand that, but that is <laughs> that is to me that's the best way to teach it because when you watch it in regular speed, I, I like I felt like I can't determine that watching it in regular speed. I have to watch the replay in slow motion, and unfortunately for the officials, they don't have the advantage of making a call in slow motion.
2: And if you're worried about, I really want to point this out. If you're worried about Sam Hartman and tight ends, there's a tight end named Jack Frudenthal from Wake Forest, Tim and Pete. 2019, he caught five touchdown passes as a tight end. Do you know how many Notre Dame tight ends have caught more than five touchdown passes ever in the history of tight end U Notre Dame
1: football? Three. Oh, it's three. Yeah.
2: So he can find tight ends just fine for a Notre Dame quarterback, at least at tight end U. He'll be good.
1: And and again, uh, what Marcus Freeman was talking about today, the role that they the tight ends, they wanted them to play against Navy. I I, it's I wouldn't get overly concerned. He'll throw the ball to the tight ends when when necessary. And and Holland stays and and Raritan are the two best to do that with.
2: And as Pete pointed out with Marcus Freeman today, because they don't need Michael Mayer, right, Pete? They have two tight ends now. They don't have to. That was
1: not my point,
2: O'Malley. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, Jim, I, I texted Pete when he mentioned I know you don't have I you don't have Michael Mayer, so can you be more uh can you go into more formations? I texted He's Pete, yeah. I'd cut was Mayer just too.
1: Clogging things up
2: <laughs> He was, getting the way. There was awful.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, for the record, Pete, I didn't think you were saying that at all, but that's I was trying to like that's the way O'Malley's works. I, I was worked.
3: preemptively trying, like, not that Marcus gives us smart-ass answers, but I was preemptively like, tried to short-circuit the smart-ass answer of, like, well, if you had Michael Mayer, wouldn't you play him all the time? Like, that wasn't
2: <laughs> the point of the question. I wanted it, to move to like, the real discussion. It's like when they lost Manti. They just decided to rotate. rotate.
3: Yeah, yeah. You just right. need two
2: guys. It's fine.
1: Right. You're yeah. better off
3: now. Mitchell Evans and Carlo Calabrese, same player.
1: Two to play one. More depth. Yeah. Question from N.D. Yinzer. What's your outlook on the safety positions for the rest of the year? Do you expect a heavy rotation? Again this week, who do you expect to get the dominant number of snaps moving forward? Why do I feel like there's a there's a DJ Brown inference in that question?
2: I think there is, but like we said in August, you just can't read Notre Dame's performance from personnel in the Navy game because you need DJ Brown to align things. Did you see DJ Brown aligning everything back there? And Xavier Watts is a great tackler. You have to play those two guys against Navy. That that's the most automatic. Two, some I can think of. Uh, Henderson played a bunch, right? Pete, I'm sure you, you did the snapshot. Henderson was in there a lot. I expect rotation, heavy rotation.
3: I would too. Um, I do think it's of all the positions on Notre Dame's team, the one I'm most interested to watch on Saturday is safety, just because I think that, I mean, Navy puts you in such a weird bind from the get go and, and never really lets up. Um, you just don't get to play safety like safeties get to play. So, in terms of rotation, but also just in terms of performance, I'm I'm really interested to sort of see what they look like this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think we'll see more of Antonio Carter the second, Ramon Henderson. But when in doubt, it's going to be Watson Brown because Brown is the guy that has been around the longest and understands what they're trying to do back there. I wouldn't you say better than any of any of the safeties? Yeah,
3: if without you cheating, um, could you tell me which order? the safety snap counts last week one to four what were they
2: i, I did see it so i'll leave it up to
1: uh, brown watts henderson carter
3: flip henderson and watts they basically played the same
1: henderson okay okay One snap more okay oh that's interesting
3: but i would be surprised if carter stayed at like where he only played seven snaps.
2: Yeah, that's
1: that would actually. surprise me
2: over the long
3: and
1: haul. It, look, I understand I'm guilty of this as well. You know, the DJ Brown, DJ Brown play where he lunged at the guy and missed, and then we we take an entire game and think about that one play as opposed to the other 56 snaps that, that Navy right. had. And that's human nature for us on the outside to look at it that way but DJ Brown has a much greater understanding of the game from all the time that he's played and he's going to get the bulk of the snaps him and Watts, I think overall.
2: Yeah. And I think this is worth, cause somebody asked a question. Um, I saw DJ Brown miss. Did he make a play? Um, this is the only time I get to use the S word as my kids would say on our podcast, cause I'm going to quote L golden. Somebody said did the, did the safeties not have much of a role? Was it the linebackers that had to make all the calls and L golden, said no 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 it was everybody oh god it was a shit show how does that sound (laughs) I mean what do you want me to do (laughs) so in other words DJ Brown was doing everything he could to keep everything lined up and Notre Dame allowed a field goal I think Brown did make plays just not plays that we saw and I'm with everybody else that I would love to see Xavier Watts and Antonio Carter and Ramon Henderson's athleticism rise to the fore as the season progresses
1: yeah and and uh Timmy wrote a story about it. I mean, we we talked to Al Golden about just all the like, how what do they say? I mean, writing the play up in the dirt on the he side, said it was
2: nuts. Uh, he kept going. He said, Credit to Navy, it was as I said, it was crazy for a whole long time. New formations, new little trinkets, new things every time, shifting from unbalanced to normal to unbalanced jet motion. They did a great job. I mean, two
1: fullbacks in the two fullbacks, two fullbacks. Yeah. That's like, you know, Kaiser was explaining okay, two fullbacks. And he said, you know, Kaiser was saying, you know, we practice all this stuff and then they don't use it. But then I followed up with him and said, well, but because you practice all that stuff, you have a greater knowledge base to work with and can adjust to those nuances better because of that. And he said, a hundred percent, absolutely true. So it doesn't all go to waste, but you can imagine as a player and a coach, everything that except what three plays, is that what you everything yeah, that, that they right? worked on everything that they worked on was was altered as soon as the game started but as kaiser admitted your background in it and all the things that you prepared for allow you to adjust a little bit better than just like blindly going from one game plan to the next
2: what do you think those guys thought when they saw two fullbacks in the whole line right there
1: well like- that was kaiser was like okay <laughs> uh, one of them is actually the fullback, and the other one is right. playing slot back role. Yeah. Okay, we know we know that now. Go, yeah, but we, Jack
2: Kaiser knows that now. It's hard for everybody to knows that knows no that now, right away. It's a good no time doubt. to be have an old linebacker group. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's like when people complain about Nordim's linebackers. That is a huge part of it. It's across the board because Leopold. One of the reasons why Leopold was in the starting lineup as early as he was a couple of years ago was because he grasped what they were trying to do. So you have three of the smartest linebackers that you can possibly put on the field together.
2: And you guys on the, on the TV tape, Tim, I know you watch it with the volume up. I don't know, Pete, if you do, um, when they start, it was Noah Eagle started talking about JD Bertrand and he went on and on and on about his note-taking skills as his greatest strength. And I just thought to myself, if our board is listening to this right now, they are going to explode that J.D. Bertrand's greatest strength is his copious note-taking skills when he talks to Luke Keekley. Obviously, it's a great skill to have. Yeah. But, you know, add that to other stuff is the way to go.
1: Question from Kay Beasley. Will Great House outsnap snap Merriweather going forward, or is this too early to judge?
3: Too early to judge.
2: <laughs> I agree with you completely, and I think Merriweather will outsnap Great House, and Great House will have more receptions than Merriweather calling my shot right there
1: yeah i think merriweather will have more reps and we were talking about this in, in between segments here and my question was you know great house and merriweather play different positions and, yeah. and so you can't ju- it's just not a plug and play situation you have to and i you know they always talk about hey we learn all three positions et cetera, et cetera. but you can only practice one position extensively and so great house would have so my idea was you know, if you want Great House to take snaps in Merriweather's field out spot, then maybe you focus on a couple handful of plays for Great House to focus on during the week at the position that Merriweather plays. Yeah, that's
2: I'm fair. Just- Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just all, I just want 20 snaps for great house instead of eight. And then we're fine.
1: I agree with, yep. I yep. agree with that.
2: And
3: I'm sure And coach- that, like, they're, they should have more than what they had 55.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think the starter, like the starting offensive line played 55 snaps last year.
1: Yeah. And because if a play breaks down, I don't care what position great house is playing. If a play breaks down, you feel pretty good about him getting open, right? So, yes. <laughs> you want him, you want him on the field, even if he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but he runs to daylight and gets the ball from delivered to him from hartman
2: i appreciate great house because for at least a calendar year the podcast irish illustrated insider is in and i assume the independent is in full lockstep with all notre dame fans that Jaden great house should get the ball
3: yes yeah. <laughs> we're the, in agreement it's
2: the only guy we'll always forever agree on for one calendar year is Jaden great house it's tremendous it's clear too
3: yeah, it's pretty Wait quick. till Cam Williams gets here. Then we're wondering why, why are they uh, giving the ball to Greyhouse so much?
2: Greathouse gets the ball way too much. Why are we
3: throwing it? why does Greyhouse have 1,200 yards? They should get the ball to Cam Williams.
1: Disperse the football around a little bit. Question from Dr. Parnell 42. Is it possible that we see Jeremiah Love at wide receiver the season given his skills catching the football and his explosiveness? No. No.
3: No. I mean, because he's also really explosive as a running back like i think o'malley you wrote this in 88 things like that you thought that the love price combo next year would be better than the digs estimate combo last year yeah which Uh, like sounds crazy and yet i can totally see that
2: yeah because should leave after he has a good year and i want to see jeremiah love in the audric estimate swing pass play that was third and twelve. I know it's scary to see Estime coming at you when he catches the ball at full speed, but Jeremiah Love in space could do some serious damage too. That would be I would love to see Jeremiah Love involved in those little passes they threw to Audrick Estime. Yes.
3: That's no, the next I'm step. totally with you. And like I, I think the Price's T D run, like, while it was a feel-good story, the the end zone angle of that when he ran through the hole, and you see two navy defenders sort of try to wrap up his knees and he like essentially snaps off their arms because his legs are so strong, like that. That did a that did something for me. Like I was like, that's a that is a good looking run right there.
1: The third down conversion pass to Estime in the first series. Yeah, I want to see that ball thrown to Jeremiah Love with him in the same spot coming on the backfield. But let me I just want to clarify with this question. I mean, no, Jeremiah Love's not going to move to wide receiver. Could Jeremiah Love, the the running back, line up in the slot or even, you know, again, something that you a play that you emphasize during the week. To insert that into a game situation no you're not going to move him to wide receiver but could he align like a wide out or a slot receiver absolutely in fact i can virtually guarantee that will happen at 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 some point question pair of questions here together pin and pull with gabe rubio out for several weeks who are the interior defense alignment beyond donovan heinish competing for snaps and then tied in with that from doc irish Any update on Rubio's injury? If he's out for weeks, I'm concerned he's more likely out for some of the big games.
3: You know, it's uh, with Rubio. I don't know if you saw this walking out of Marcus's press conference on Monday, but like Rubio was actually walking on the sidewalk toward this. I think uh, maybe toward the Goog. And Marcus was leaving on his golf cart uh, and stopped and said, "Hey, you want to ride?" And Rubio hopped on and he gave him a ride to the Goog. Like, and there it's not like he has a brace or crutches or anything like that. Um, you know, he's just—if you saw him walk around, which I did for like only three seconds—it's not something where you're like, "Oh, that guy is really banged up." So it's, um, he
1: tweaked it. So it's more like he tweaked it, and it's—he's just not going to be ready this week. But yeah, it's like if you're—it, you know,
3: usually, I mean, we've been covering this long enough if you have an injury that's serious you get they're shut you down like you've got uh you know a mobilizing boot or some one of those like soft casts on your crutches or the alex home medical cart um ruby i was just walking on the sidewalk like a normal person so that uh that didn't strike me as major i don't tim i, I didn't i didn't really get a good look at heinish during the game what what did you what did you think of him
0: Uh,
1: you know, I, I can't say I got a real great read on him. I don't know. I think he had five snaps. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I mean, he looked, he looked aggressive. He looked quick off the snap of the football. We're going to know a lot more about him this week because he definitely will play in answer to the question from pin and pull. Um, and Freeman said this the other day, right? Uh, Onye, we've been, we've always been saying Onye now that we have the pronunciations out again. Oh, Onye, it sounds more like it's Onye. So Jason Onye is versatile enough to play nose yeah. or the three techniques. So we'll see him there. I believe that K, Kay, Kayana Aina was also mentioned as a possibility. So Kayana Aina could go over to the nose and Onye could play, you know, the three techniques. So yeah, so, and it's like those are the two main guys that will. And see.
3: for this week, doesn't really matter. Ne- next week, probably doesn't. Central Michigan doesn't matter. Ohio State matters a lot um cuz i i mean i thought rubio how much he penetrates from the an interior defensive line position like it's it's noticeable to me i mean i know i think you guys talked about this on the monday podcast where uh rubio was ding with a missed tackle uh for the penetration that ended up <sighs> in josh burnham's sack and like that that kind of stuff from an interior defensive lineman man that's like that is gold so I I think Rubio's got a chance to be a very 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 good player this year, um, and you know have, having him back, especially for Ohio State, is is critical.
1: You know what else you could do, and I, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but you could cross could play some three technique, and Onye and Kiana Aina could play oh. the Dubs if you wanted to do that. We seem to have uh, we seem to have misplaced Tim Tim. O'Balt. I mean,
3: it's like right when. Kayana Aina comes up. He, he misses this big opportunity. Um, it's, he's, O'Malley's going to be kicking himself.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll get him back, but we're going to move on to Hayden Adams Z. And that question is much ado has been made both in the offseason and after the Navy game about how cohesive this coaching staff is. That begs the question, just how turbulent was it with Tommy Reese and Harry? He stand on the staff plus, how badly did Marcus Freeman want to get a transfer quarterback last offseason? You want to answer that second question first, Pete. Samson? Yeah, I
3: mean not not badly enough. Um I think he he deferred to Reese on it. Um, and you know, to be to be fair, did any of us say bang on Notre Dame for not getting a uh, transfer quarterback last offseason until the fourth quarter of the Marshall game?
1: No, I mean, mean no. I think that- we all wanted to see what your four-star quarterback yeah, program, I played a little bit the year before could do.
3: I think it was a calculated risk to roll with Buckner. Um, I think that is that is a decision. Marcus Freeman will n- probably never make again in his career because you can't. I mean, quarterback is just too damn important in in all levels of football to just roll with like, well, we're going to try out this new guy when we're not really sure what we have, but we we like him and he seems nice and he's got some. uh he did some good stuff three years ago when he played in high school. Um, you know, there were there were too many like stop signs that got run on Tyler Buckner to just roll with him as like, okay, this is our guy. We're gonna go with him. Um, and I think that we saw that come to fruition in Ohio State and and Marshall and even South Carolina, right? Like it's not like he was slinging around and looked like the kid who was doing it at the Bishop school as a junior against uh, a yeah. low level California competition. It never looked like that. So it's, I don't think Freeman would ever go into a season. Like every time there's a Sam Hartman available, you go get the Sam Hartman and then you let the, you let the rest of the depth chart sort itself out.
1: Tim O'Malley, how turbulent, turbulent do you think it was with Tommy Reese and Harry? He's on the coaching staff.
2: Well, I know that Freeman basically said we're never getting to be put in this position again i'm sorry i got to put back on the podcast here but you can't never let yourself be in that position again and, and nationally speaking everyone was saying how in the world is this what notre dame football has a quarterback so when tommy reese says you don't like to mess up the ecosystem of the room i had a major problem with that then harry he is i think it's a different situation with harry in that i pete has mentioned this for since his first stint when I once said everybody loves all the players love he stand no 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 all the really good players that start love he stand that yeah. does make it turbulent that makes it tough for some people in that room um but the real thing for me is when, when Pete mentioned going to get a Sam Hartman you go get the next level of Sam Hartman too I think if 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 Steve Angeli or Kenny Minchie cannot beat out Devin Leary was he the next level this year
1: I don't. I, have, I mean, I, I know that Brennan Armstrong struggled last year. and Now he's hooked up with his coordinator, which will, uh, again, Robert or Nye, which we'll talk about next week. But I would have gone out to get Brennan yes. Armstrong. Absolutely. Let's say
2: Brennan Armstrong never played last year, and you're going off his year before, and he was injured last oh, year. 1,000% yeah. well, go get, Hartman, get Brennan Armstrong. His
1: Hartman level, then.
2: I, I think you're always going to get – Notre Dame should always, in the portal era, have a quarterback then get them to the national championship. Whether he ends up being as good as Sam Hartman, I don't know. And at some point, somebody on our board put down, "What does that tell your future quarterback recruits?" Same thing; it always tells them, "If you're not good enough, don't come here." Because if you're Notre if you're Marcus Freeman, that guy's transferring anyway. Right. One of those three.
3: Do you think Lincoln Riley at USC is like, "Well, I'm not going to take Caleb Williams because I don't, I don't want that to send a message to?" high school recruits that, you know, I'm just going to always take a transfer even though I always took a transfer at Oklahoma and they just happened to win the Heisman trophy and go number 1 overall. Like <laughs> right. you just you take the best guy. You make that room as be- as good as humanly possible. And then the best guy plays. Like a year ago, I was told that they at least kicked the tires on Jaden Daniels who went from Arizona State to LSU. I'm not sure they could have got him mm-hmm. or they pushed that hard or or whatever, but that level of quarterback, I think you always have to have an open mind to taking.
1: And as far as turbulence with Harry stand, any turbulence that he created was pretty much confined to the offensive line, whereas Tommy Reese being the offensive yes. coordinator yeah. impacts a greater amount of people. And I'm not saying... That's turbulence it's with Tommy Harry Easton.
2: Tim, if five guys love Harry Easton and they start and they play ninety-seven
1: percent right, of the snaps, it's right. fine. Whatever. Let's grow up with everything. The
3: turbulence of Harry Easton is a feature of Harry Easton, not a bug. <laughs> like,
1: <Yeah. laughs> okay. Well, then, so comment on the turbulence of Tommy Reese because I, I'm not sure that I want to, that I'm prepared to exactly go there. But by the same token, I also know that. there were a lot of offensive players that weren't huge fans of his per se.
3: Yeah. It's a turbulence. I think is probably fair as a descriptor there. Um, You know, Reese is Reese is very old school and how he talks to players and how he deals with players, like, you know, probably similar to his college head coach and how he dealt with players and talked to players. So I don't think that's a way that Marcus Freeman's, wants the program to operate necessarily um, you know, I think that we saw that in what little bits and pieces we were at training camp um, in August. Like I feel like it's a pretty upbeat, positive message. I mean, it's competitive, but um, I think it's Brian Kelly. What talked about demanding, not demeaning. And mm-hmm. we're just like, we're at your practices, man. Like that's not what's happening. Um, this, this current staff, I think they, they hit that mark.
1: Question from Panthers twenty two three two. I think it's twenty three, twenty-three. Which running back has the highest ceiling? Which running back ends up having the most prolific Notre Dame career? Right, well, we only have we have two years of estimate, yeah, probably. So
2: estimate's going two grand and twenty four touchdowns. Let's say that's the high. Uh estimate has the highest, has the most prolific career. Sorry to ruin everybody's day. That, I mean, that's probably the most prolific career because people go, I don't know. I mean, Jeremiah Love is your other choice. I'll say Jeremiah Love has the most prolific career because he has more insert, time.
1: Let me insert something there. Um, okay. Now the shelf life of running backs in the NFL is at its all time low. Oh, he has to go pro. No, but but what I'm saying is, do you do you use another year of college like Sam Hart? Just bear me out. Bear, bear with me. Do you use another year of college like Sam Hartman to get a payday without guarantees on next level? I don't disagree with what you're about to say, Tim. I'm just thinking out loud that the position has changed. The guarantees in the NFL have changed. Uh, I think he goes pro too. I was just starting to think out loud and I want to throw that out there.
3: That's, I mean, it's worth considering. Um, I don't know what the NIL payday for top college running backs would, would be. No. I have, I have no idea. Um, I would say the highest ceiling is love, most prolific Notre Dame career is estimate.
2: Yeah, that's where I go to. Love estimate. And in terms of Hartman, and I know you don't like the Hartman thing is different than the estimate thing because Hartman will get hit 14 times in the calendar year of 2023, including practice. Audrey Estime's legs cannot get hit for another year for no reason and go pro. Like this is never a thing any senior running back should ever come back if they can go to the pros because you'll never. Ever be able to get your value back when you're a great athlete that maintains it's It's like when Cedric Benson stayed and took another 400 carries. He was dead in three years. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's just like they get hit. They get hit too much.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with anything you're saying about Estimate and his decision making. I might, I will argue a little bit for Jadarian Price. Yeah. yeah, to have a better career than Jeremiah Love. I'm not sure like yeah. I'm not sure that I totally believe that, but I think that that's quite possible
3: if he like if you said no, Jerrymy Price has the highest ceiling over love, I'd be like, okay.
1: like I, I just wanted to totally see it I think you know Jeremiah loves intriguing. what an intriguing athlete and prospect um he's a guy that yeah, you know he Lou Holtz probably would have done with him like when like the question about him playing wide receiver, Lou Holtz might have done that. Mm-hmm. which are my love in his freshman year and put him at a wide receiver to take advantage of his skill set.
2: to the prolific thing. Jadarian price uh, next year will be his draft eligible year. He can't be the most prolific Notre Dame runner ahead of estimate. Uh, cause, Cause there's no way uh, he has to leave. He has a ruptured Achilles tendon on his docket. Like this isn't even, what, this is mean? just medical sense at this point, Josh Adams left and he wasn't drafted. He had to leave. He had to get out of college and try to make money. He could couldn't walk. He couldn't walk if he played another year.
3: Well, yeah, it's. I mean, Jadarian Price, like he's. Well, let's just sort of see how this season goes.
2: I guess I'm yeah. saying if Price has 1,200 yards next year, then oh, he goes okay. well, yeah, oh, then he like he just. That's not a he would given. He have to go. Yeah,
3: yeah, like if he had, regardless of whether he had 300 yards this year or 800 yards this year, you're saying one good year, your
2: junior year, boom, you're gone. Boom, you got to go.
3: Yeah,
1: okay. You got a running back that you like, T.O., that's coming in next year. That's right.
2: Get rid of all these guys. We got new people coming in. I like
1: freshmen. Question from Lou Jack 47 With the exception of that burst for the touchdown versus Navy, I really hope to see more from Jadarian Price. I felt estimate love and pain in that order. We're the top three running backs Saturday.
2: I really think we need to give Jadarian Price a little bit of grace here. (laughs) Ruptured Achilles tendon 13 months ago, and he had – Nice looking touchdown run. He'll be better next year than this year. And hopefully he'll be healthy in late October and early November.
3: And he said this week, like he's not all the way back, which we've been talking about in this podcast for like six months.
1: Well, he said that I spent most of my time the other day with him, actually, because I love the kid. He's so mature. He's such a great representative of Notre Dame. He understands Notre Dame. He says, I couldn't possibly have made a better choice for my future in my life than notre dame is
3: you believe he was going to go to oklahoma state before notre dame got
1: involved wow yeah i mean i just i just love the kid but um yeah in accordance with the fact that he he is coming off of a, a an achilles and i asked him if he was still feeling any of the effects of it and he said no but then he later said that he wasn't 100 percent. so somewhere there is is reality we know for a virtual fact that he's been bothered by that soleus muscle in his calf and that his workload has been kind of limited. So especially early in the season, they're not going to push him further than a handful of carries, especially against Navy when you're up 28, nothing at halftime, et cetera. So, you know, don't, I wouldn't read into it that, Oh, you know, this guy's ahead of this guy based upon the Navy game. He's capable, but I think they're going to be a little bit measured, especially in September, as to how they use him.
3: I would say the Jadarian Price I really, really want to see is the one that shows up at Clemson in November.
2: Yeah, that's I big, agree. That's it's point. almost a best case scenario that Jadarian Price got to get a touchdown run in his first time back. Yeah. And then he did. not then to we do can stop asking else. about it. Yeah.
1: He looked great on that run, didn't he? I mean, he did. The, oh, the, yeah. The, he the, the, block, the blocking was absolutely tremendous, but what, what you're looking for is this guy coming off the Achilles injury. The first time he carries the ball, does he have that burst answer? Yes.
2: He also had that look and just like he accelerated through the end zone. Like the guys that haven't played in a long time, like I might run for 20 more yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. I talked to him about all that. And he, you know, he was just like my first care. I can't believe (laughs) it happened on my first carry. And then he was also reminded by a teammate. He didn't say which one that he, you know instead of handing the ball to the official which is something that marcus freeman apparently preaches he dropped the football well hell he was delirious he scored a touchdown on his first that's his like first that first criticism is
3: up time. there with jack kaiser should have tapped the ball inbounds on the fumble to hell <laughs> yeah, like, like, like come on like, man like,
1: like that was do crazy they really, like you know do they i mean are they serious about that how do you know think think so? no, no. You i can't, was like that wow that's
3: that's a that's a graduate level criticism there coach golden
1: God, if Kaiser doesn't think of it, no one's going to think yeah. of it. Out loud. All right, one more question before we go to predictions, and that is from Murphy Bro. If this weekend's game is a blowout, are there any third-string players you'd be intrigued to see get a few meaningful snaps? Good question. I, mean, I wouldn't limit this to third-team guys. I mean, just guys, you know, down on the depth chart that, like, I want to see. Kristen Gray's not third team. I right. want to see Christian Gray play a little bit more.
2: He's high on the chart. Uh, Traore would be on my chart. Brandon Vernon. Um, I'd like to see. I, I, I'm, I think this would be an interesting way. I want to ask Coach Golden about it. Maybe you can't ask him before the game, post-game. Can you have J.D. Bertrand and Leofau in there with Osbury and have Bowen in there with Kaiser and Leofau? So you actually give these guys where they don't have to make all the calls, but they're in first string reps and they have Kaiser doing the heavy lifting next to them. Does that make sense where you don't just bring in, Okay. Zinter, Bo and Osbury go in there and figure everything out. Like put in one of those guys in the second quarter and let Bertrand and Kaiser line up Osbury and see him play some football. That would be fun for me to watch in a game like this, because then they know what they're doing. At least they're told to do.
1: Don't do a wholesale check. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That I mean that's if you're up twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter, then I think
1: that's what O'Malley, I don't mean. I don't mean to start the game. I don't yeah,
3: mean O'Malley, your scenario makes sense. Like th- those are good ones. I, I would like to see Steve Angelli play in the third quarter. Oh yeah, me too. And for sure. Run the offense. Of, like that because he just he just didn't get a crack at it last week just based on the circumstances of the game. I think
1: that like, I think that opportunity will arise this yeah, week. I and I think that they'll take advantage of it. By the way, I think Drake Bowen's a little I think he got dinged in the Navy game. Um, I'm not saying concussion, but I think he got dinged. Yeah. I'm not quite sure where he is for this weekend, but you know, I, that's, I, I, mean, I wanted to expand the parameters of the question because I want to see Rico Flores. I, I want to see mm-hmm. yeah. him on the field and catch something in an open field and get an opportunity. Is, is junior Tui Alamaka really a legitimate pop capable of being a top-notch viper in. I I'm not I,
2: I feel like he lost two weeks at the end of camp to some type of injury and he yeah. was immediately behind Burnham. Yeah, because... I,
1: and I feel like he's more of a strong side end. Right? Mm. I mean don't you? I, I know that the need is it is is rushing <laughs> I was
2: say, right? not this year, but yeah.
3: Yeah. Now, like, I don't you know, know
1: Devin I just, Ford was like, pretty like...
3: bullish on Tui Halamaka. Like he I think he did some good things in the spring game where I think he even was matched up with Joe Alt. Um, he did, beat, he did beat.
1: I do believe he did beat Alt in the blue goal. Yeah,
3: so that 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 sticks in my head more than anything I saw against Navy. Um, I don't know if the world is ready for Jordan Faison, uh, to do something on Saturday. That not on a punt return. They're not. Oh my God, said message boards ablaze everywhere. That that would be truly burning up the boards.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, how many snaps did Sneed get? You'd like to see sneed in a, a lot. In a he beat. got a lot of snaps. He did get a lot of snaps. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're going to the second team offensive line, the two guys that come to mind for me are Shroth and Craig. Yeah. Um, I, now, I, now that would be nice. I know they're not going to do this, but I would love to see
2: Shroth play with the first team offensive line and Craig play with the first team offensive line, rotate them in. But I, I don't know. That, that That's harder that, to do but, there,
1: right? Yeah, it is. But but you'd like it to, to be that way. And I, like if you're ever going to have a game where you can mix and match like That's that, good. this would definitely be yep. it. Burnham. You know, I I want to see Burnham a lot now. You know, I, I kept saying, I haven't seen, I haven't seen. Okay. I saw a little bit of it Saturday. Yeah. And you start to see, you know, I must've, I must've reran a couple of his plays like four or five times just to see movement and link. Cause people talk about, you know, he's big, he's long. Well, that doesn't always jump off the, mm-hmm. doesn't always jump out at you when you're on the practice field or even watching it on TV. But I thought I saw it. I thought I saw a little bit that of that in the Navy game, and he's intriguing because, man, they could really use him to step up and be a, a like a real pass rushing tandem with Batello. Who Batello had, Batello had one of his best games at Notre Dame last. There's time. some.
3: There's something about Burnham where, like, as soon as he gets the corner, like he's got
1: the. That's for the, the speed, like yeah. The, yeah. how
3: quickly he gets up to like top speed. I don't know. I, I have a hard time describing it, but I just. I saw him do this one time at the open practice we were at, at the high at the uh, school field. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. There's just something about him um, where he, if he can get a corner on you, man, he he looks like he's got like DB speed or something. It's, it's, it's weird. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, um, but he's, he's got some real speed uh, off the corner.
1: All right. It's prediction time. Notre Dame, Tennessee State, Tennessee State playing their first game of the year. Notre Dame tries to move to 2-0. I don't think we're going to be picking any upsets here. It's just a matter of how much and how little.
3: I um I was gonna pick Notre Dame 38 to 10 just as like a, a hangover score line, mm-hmm. but I think Notre Dame could be jet lagged or hungover or whatever you want to do and still win this game 45 to 10. So I'm just gonna bump it up to 45-10. I don't if they if they play as cleanly on Saturday as they did last weekend, I will be really, really impressed. Um I, I think that will be difficult to do um just based on how I'm feeling after last weekend. Um and I'm not a college football player. So I, I think I'll go forty five ten, but not a clean forty five ten.
2: Yeah, I'm with you a little bit. I'm in like the fifty one to ten range, though. I think it and I also think it could be Thirty-eight, nothing at the half. Even if they're not, clean. yeah. Um, you figure they're just more possessions than the Navy game. That's why I have to bump it up away from anything in the. I took it out of the forties because there's more possessions. I do think Marcus Freeman would be last six minutes. All right, let's run this ball out. Run, this, run this clock out. So I will stick in that. I'll stick in the fifty-one to ten range because I just think thirty-eight is, thirty-five is automatic in the first half. Thirty, then you go from there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I'm looking more on the other side of the equation. I looked at they scored six points against Middle Tennessee, and they're not going to score against Notre Dame. And I and I and I am shying away from the 50s just because I think that they I think they will call off the dogs at a certain point. So I'm in. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say 48 nothing. I like that. That's a good pick. Alright, I'm gonna stick with that. All right, until Saturday. But not
2: 20 to 19, not not like 20 to 19.
1: It's Usually, have to wait for bad. your
2: preview yeah. on Friday to figure out what your
1: score is. Oh, uh, that's oh, that's right. I'm not supposed
2: to say that. <laughs> it's
1: okay. <laughs> I, this I, is no.
2: this time's okay. There's no. <laughs> I just you, what,
3: you have a it's jet lag. I think you can blame well, it on jet lag.
1: It, it
2: that explains that. why I, it's going to be 20 to 19 right there. That's...
1: And also, I record Thursdays are when I record my uh, my show with, with Phil Houck, the judge, and and. Uh, So I've been kicking around numbers and I forgot to keep that concealed. So surprise, that's about it. That's it today from Irish Illustrated Insider. We appreciate you joining us. O'Malley and I will be back pregame on Saturday when Nordic takes on Tennessee State. Until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider.